Welcome. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. So last week, I had the opportunity to give the keynote address at the Florida Republican Convention. I thought it was a fun speech. I thought you'd want to hear what it sounded like. So here it is. Well, thank you so much for having me here tonight. I have to say this is a bit of a different scene than the last state Republican convention I spoke to that happened to be 2013 in California. So this is better. Now, of course, my family are all proud citizens of the state of Florida. We came to Florida for a very simple reason. Florida is an amazing place to live and California is now a flaming dumpster fire. Now, it wasn't always that way, is the truth. When I was growing up, I grew up in Los Angeles. I spent pretty much my entire life in Los Angeles. It was actually kind of a wonderful place to live. We had our occasional scandals from Rampart to O.J. Simpson killing people. We had the L.A. riots. But the police, when I was growing up, were still respected. Middle-class people, like my parents, had a shot at economic mobility. The local public schools were livable, if not amazing. And religious diversity was still fine. We had Disneyland. What's more, we could actually still ride our bikes in the street without our parents worrying that we wouldn't come home safely. I went to school in LA. I went to college in LA. After law school, I returned to LA. I got married. My wife and I had our first three kids in LA. But over time, California got a lot worse. And we saw it in our daily lives. We saw it all the time. We saw it every single time we tried to steer our kids' double stroller around some homeless drug addict to sleep in the gutter across from our house. Actual things that happened in Los Angeles on a regular basis. We saw it every time we shook our heads at the broken windows of nearby homes that had been burglarized. We saw it every time we drove down Sunset Boulevard and saw the latest obscene message emblazoned on some giant billboard. And we saw it in the vicious polarization of the people around us. People in LA got ruder over time. They disliked each other more over time. If you didn't have the right semantically overloaded lawn sign, you know the dumb lawn sign, the in this house we believe black lives matter, no human is illegal, science is real, water is wet, etc. You just were not welcome in polite company. If you voted for Donald Trump, you were certainly not welcome in polite company, of course. If you worked in Hollywood, you had to keep your politics a secret as long as you weren't a Hillary Clinton supporter. If you went to church, you kept that down too. I remember that my mom, she had four kids. She would go into work, people would ask how many kids she had, she would say four, and people would lose their minds. It was a crazy idea that somebody would have four children. And here's the thing. As long as California was getting worse, you know, it was moving kind of slowly. Sure, it was getting bad, and we saw it in our tax bills, which rose dramatically every year, even as the roads went unpaved and the open needles appeared on the sidewalks. And sure, we saw the giant homeless encampments, but we were told that this was gradual, it could be reversed. We were told all of this was even required in the name of tolerance and decency. It would be nasty, we were told, to protest the giant 10 cities that actually had appeared on the street and under every freeway overpass. It would be wrong, we were told, to demand more police to fight the rising rates of street crime washing through our neighborhood. The police were actually so overwhelmed in LA that even when our car was burgled in our driveway, we had it on tape because we had a security camera, the police simply told us it would be absolutely pointless to arrest the culprit. He'd be back on the street in just a moment anyway, so forget it. And if you wanted to apply for a concealed carry permit in Los Angeles, absolutely impossible. You know, I'm sort of a person who receives a lot of death threats, and when I brought a full-on binder of death threats to the LAPD in Los Angeles, I was told that it was fine, nobody actually tried to kill me. And I said, well, that's kind of the idea. Like, when they do, I'd like to have a gun. And they said, no, 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 don't worry. Don't worry, because so far, it's been okay. 
The writing was on the wall, in other words, years before we moved. But it took the full-scale disaster area of 2020 to drive us out of California for good. Our third baby had just been born when the pandemic began. And like pretty much everybody else in the first few weeks, we waited for more information. We didn't know really what the hell was going on. The authorities told us all to stay inside. But then, in fairly short order, the first month, first six weeks, the information began to emerge. And here was the problem in California. The authorities were not remotely interested in this information. They shut down all of the schools, despite the fact that kids were not being affected by COVID in any serious numbers. They didn't just shut down the schools, they shut down the parks. So even with our kids not in school, we could not take our kids to public parks for a picnic. They shut down hiking paths, dead serious. They shut down hiking paths, lest we be infected with the dread disease by passing squirrels. <laughs> all of this was bad enough. And then the BLM riots hit. Within days of the death of George Floyd, riots were taking place across Los Angeles. Even while the local and state government tried to downplay that violence, friends of mine in the police force were braving physical assault on Melrose Avenue as their cars were burned. At night, we could actually hear gunshots and helicopters. And it was about that time we decided that maybe we should visit Florida. Within two weeks of visiting, we had bought a house. My parents had also bought a house within two weeks of visiting because we didn't know people could live like this. So now it's my family, our four kids, it's my parents, it's my in-laws, my wife's parents, it is two of my sisters and their combined five kids, which means that there are now 19 new residents of the state of Florida. Our last baby born four months ago is our first Florida man in the family. We look forward to him riding an alligator. None of these people lived here three years ago. And that's just the people who are directly related to me. Our synagogue down in uh, South Florida had 120 families when we moved here with a family in October of 2020. Today, it has well over 300 families. Hundreds of thousands of Americans tired of bad governance all over the country have moved to Florida since 2020. And the flow isn't going to stop. The flow is really diverse, actually, in terms of ethnicity and religion and background. But here's the thing. There's one thing the bulk of these new Floridians have in common. They remember why they left the places they left. They are not coming here to New, York, to New York, Florida, or California, your Florida. They are coming here to make Florida even more Florida. People like me are coming here because we want Florida to be even more of what it is. Well, there's a reason for that. The people in this room. The Florida Republican Party has made this state the best place to live in America. There's a reason that Florida is consistently ranked one of the best states to do business in the country. Florida Republicans know taxes have to remain low for the economy to thrive and that regulation has to be predictable. There's a reason that Florida is consistently ranked one of the best education systems in the country. Florida Republicans believe it's the obligation of schools to serve students and not the other way around, which is why the state of Florida is one of the few states that has effectively provided universal school choice, saving parents tens of thousands of dollars a year to send their kids to the best schools. It's also why Florida Republicans have worked to ensure that schools be free of sexual indoctrination and racially divisive trash. Here in Florida, parents rule. There's a reason that Florida's crime rates are at a 50-year low. Florida Republicans know that law enforcement are the heroes who stand between law-abiding citizens and those who wish to do them harm. In Florida, we don't just fight against defunding the police, we actually subsidize the police. 
There's a reason that Florida is a beacon of religious liberty. Florida Republicans understand that the root of a thriving society is a society rooted in church and synagogue, in family structures that represent the little platoons upon which civilizations are built. And there is a reason in particular that Florida has been a magnet for Americans seeking freedom, because Florida Republicans stand up to bureaucratic tyranny. I remember it was about July 2020, I received a call from Governor DeSantis. He was calling me to talk to me about his policies, because obviously I have a, a show that some people listen to. And he said, Ben, I really have no idea why you and your family are still in California. You really should move down here to Florida, which is when I told him that I had bought a house the month before. It's amazing to think, it really is amazing to think, that but for a few thousand votes the other way in 2018, Florida would look like a very different place today. First off, the governor's mansion would be filled with crystal meth. But more importantly, Florida would have shut down. Our education system would be hostage to teachers' unions. Our police would be under the gun. Our businesses would be under the government heel. Florida would be trending the way that California once trended. Instead, Florida is leading a whole new trend. There was no red wave in 2022 across America. But there was in this state, in Florida, where Governor DeSantis turned a half-point victory into a 20-point victory. in the process sending Charlie Chris to look for brand new parties to be a member of. <laughs> Where Senator Rubio won a 16-point victory over Val Demings in a race that many had thought was going to be competitive. Where Republicans swept every elected state office and picked up a supermajority in the House and Senate to boot. So, why exactly did this wave happen in Florida? Because Florida Republicans, unlike many other Republicans across the country, understand one crucial lesson. There is no substitute for victory. Let me repeat it again. There's no substitute for victory. Bitching and moaning about losing is not a form of victory. Blaming others is not victory. Whining is not victory. Whining is bullshit. Losers cry and winners win. Yes, of course, the media are congenitally predisposed to hate Republicans. So the hell what? The best revenge is victory. They've been predisposed to hate Republicans since before I was born. I'm almost 40 at this point. Yes, Democrats would love to change voting protocols to make it easier for them to win elections in corrupt ways. In fact, they've done that. You know the only way to stop them? Victory. Complaining about it doesn't do anything. You have to win to stop them. Right now, Republicans face a crisis. That crisis is a crisis of despair. Republicans across the country fear that we're going to irre irrevocably lose the stuff that makes America great. We fear that the system has betrayed us, that it's beyond repair. We fear the ascent of a radical force dedicated to destroying the institutions that make life worth living, family and community, and that simultaneously elevate subjective hedonism above virtuous and creative individualism. And we're not wrong to fear any of those things. America is, in fact, on a razor's edge, a country that has to debate whether men are women or women are men or whether people are defined primarily by their racial characteristics or whether the government ought to control the flow of information cannot long survive. And we all feel it in our bones. We all know the risk. But there's only one answer to this fear, victory. And to achieve victory, we have to march forward. In the book of Exodus, the Jews leave the backbreaking slavery of Egypt. 
And Pharaoh has been brought to heel by the awesome and terrifying plagues. And the Jews are about to enter a whole new era of freedom led by the great lawgiver Moses. And then all at once, they find themselves face to face with the Red Sea. And behind them, they turn to see the flashing chariots of Pharaoh himself and his army. He's changed his mind and he's coming after them. And they're trapped. In front of them, they have the sea, and behind them, they have Pharaoh's mighty army. And the children of Israel cry out to Moses, and they say, Are there no graves in Egypt that you've taken us to die in the desert? They start to give in to despair. And Moses turns, and he prays to God. And God says, Why do you cry out to me? Speak to the children of Israel, and let them travel. Well, here's the thing. Righteous action is the answer to fear. It always was, and it always will be. We know this in Florida. Florida Republicans know Victory is difficult. Victory is work. Victory is not as easy as the stuff that I do, railing about stuff on social media or talking about things on my show. It involves the grueling work of cleaning out the bureaucracy, the boringly mind-numbing work of crafting detailed legislation, the repetitive, exhausting work of data and vote gathering, the banal work of ensuring that the roads are paved and the electric grid is working. That is hard and boring stuff. And it's also what actually achieves victory. Florida Republicans also know they have to speak to Floridians, all kinds of Floridians. We know that we can, without compromising our principles, promulgate those principles to people who haven't heard them before. We can convince Floridians the unborn deserve protection and that a law-abiding citizen with a firearm is an enemy of evil. We can do all those things. We have and we will. The magic of Florida is that it's becoming more Republican as it becomes more diverse. That is scaring the living hell out of Democrats all around the country. All of this requires work, right? But it requires working smart. It requires intelligent work. That means that we ought to be idealistic in our principles and realistic in our assessments of what is in front of us. Incrementalism isn't always weakness. Sometimes it's what we need to do in order to achieve durable victory. Any form of idealism that requires you to run smash headfirst into a wall is not idealism, that's being an idiot. Florida Republicans know it takes time, but over time, intelligent work actually yields results. And Florida Republicans also know that no victory is permanent. So here's the thing. The California Republican Party, the state that I'm from, it used to be robust. The GOP won every presidential election in California from 1960 to 1988, excepting only 1964. Now, of course, California is completely blue. So what exactly happened? Gradually, the Republican Party of California lost touch with all the voters. It began to believe that victory was impossible, and it decided to nominate candidates who weren't connected with victory. It was more about protest voting or saying things. It wasn't about winning victories. It was about the stuff that they said. And you know what? Their candidates lost. Because here's the thing. Protest candidates are just that, protests. They don't win elections and they don't achieve victory. Victory requires constant vigilance. You go to sleep for an instant and those who oppose virtue and liberty gain. Well, tonight, as we celebrate the victory of the Florida Republican Party, massive historic victories that are changing lives like the lives of everyone in my family and that are gonna bear benefits for generations to come, we have a message as Florida Republicans to the Americans across the country. This is not the time for despair. This is not the time for protest voting. This is a time for victory. Yes, on a national level, it often feels as though we're pushing against an immovable wall, and we are, until suddenly the wall is gone and it's just running space in front of us. According to the biblical commentary, when Moses told the Jews to go forward, no one was actually willing to do so. After all, why walk directly into, you know, an ocean? 
No one except for one man, his name was Nachshon ben Aminadav, according to the according to the commentaries. Apparently, Nachshon began walking into the sea when he was told to march forward, even though, you know, it was an ocean. It covered his knees, and then it covered his waist, and then it covered his chest, and then it covered his shoulders, and then finally it covered his nose. And only when the waters covered his nose, when he was completely committed to his faith that victory would arise from his sacrifice, that's when the Red Sea split and the Jews walked across on dry land. Despair, it turns out, is a sin. It is an act of foolishness. It is a sinful act of foolishness. We cannot despair. The only solution to a bad situation is to win, to strategize, to plan, to not complain, to not whine, to not lose, to win. (laughs) Victory is indeed possible. Florida shows that it's possible. But victory is only possible for those who believe in it. Thank you so much. Well, that was my speech at the Florida Republican Convention last week. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back here on Monday with much, much more. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. PureTalk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So... I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let PureTalk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.